BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This is your host, Alan, and that was The Wanderer by Sean James. So about the show tonight, for the first time and since college football's had a playoff, Alabama is not going this season. So I called a friend who has a team who is going. So I called on Nate Arthur. How's it going, man? He's an Ohio State Buckeye. Go Bucks. And uh, they're looking pretty good. Oh, yeah, we are. And, Nate, i got to be honest. Um, you have been a huge influence on this. Over the past three years, the way I have watched college football has changed dramatically. And what I mean by that is 
I used to just watch SEC. Okay. And ever since, you know, me and you got to hanging out and you got to talking about, like, what Big Ten meant. You know? Yeah. It, it, it made it to where I could watch Big Ten and appreciate it. And, like, man, Big Ten's a, it's a, it's a, it's a different deal. And, by the way, I, I want to squash something between us. Okay. So, uh, when we, uh, when we were still working together at Heritage, I still told you that I thought that the SEC was the superior conference in college football. Right. Yeah, and they were at that time. I want to, uh, begin to take that back. Like, at that time they were, but I want to, uh, just over the past couple of years... The SEC hadn't actually been winning. It's been other conferences beating their ass when it comes yeah. to bowl games. Yeah, I, I, all right, dude. I got a little bit of a crazy theory for you on that, actually. Okay. All right, well, I think, personally, my belief is that the downfall started. It didn't totally take effect, but it started when they added Texas A&M. And who's the other one they added? I don't Missouri. Remember. In Missouri, that's right. Because... You brought in new teams who had to adapt and learn how to win. And then that gave you a blueprint for everyone else to figure out how to win as well. So that's personally what I think happened. I think that's where it started. Obviously, after a decade, it's really hard to continue to be dominant like the SEC was. But I think that was a big part of it is that they showed – other conferences that you can win and there's ways, but you just have to kind of adjust to the SEC when you play them. Yeah. But with that, uh, the SEC is, um, it's an animal. And, like, just being from the Southeast, man, like, it's a spectacle even to me. Like, even getting to know people who are fans outside the conference, like, I have a friend, he's a huge Notre Dame fan. Okay. And when Alabama fucks up and loses, he will, like, rag it for weeks. Oh, yeah, dude. And when, you got to love when Alabama's not doing well. Everybody, because yeah. it's Alabama against the world. Yeah. That's how it is. Yeah. And, like, uh, I lose sight of that a lot of times, man. Because, I mean, you know how I am. Like, uh, am I'm not a real big shit talker. Right. Like, it, 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 it had been like a week, and he posted on, like, his social media. It was something about, you know, Alabama losing the Iron Bowl and what it right. meant. You know what's crazy is, like, it's been a week, and you're the only person I see still talking about it. <laughs> well, to be fair, <laughs> he's a Notre Dame fan. They haven't had success since, like, the 30s. So... They're always overrated, though, man. <laughs> they are. Every year. They, they get it. I think it's like the independence thing, and, like, I want to open this up. Let's open college football up like this, man. Is, uh, okay. And then I want to tell you about my Heisman Trophy winner, and I think that you'll agree, but he won't even be probably. Ooh, I, don't, I don't know, man. I think I might disagree with you, actually. Oh, okay, cool. But we'll, we'll get to yeah. that in a second. Is, um... With Notre Dame being an independent team, and I believe this is a part of the hype, is um, let's let's just take for instance scheduling. Um, okay. By this season schedule, 
Alabama, uh, even being considered, you know, a top five team was ridiculous to me. Yeah, well, even even I mean, even though they were the number two team last season, and even though they came in with you know what they had, I thought that it was ridiculous. Like looking at their schedule and being like, "Yeah, this is a top five team." Okay, well, I understand that, but it's not it's not schedule based anymore. It used to be, and then they started the playoffs, and then they added that eye test. And that's huge. Because if you play Scrubs, your eye test is still going to look great. Yeah. So it doesn't matter that you're playing Scrubs and going undefeated, but you're beating them by 50 every week. But it hurts. <laughs> but, so. but it really hurts when you look extremely undisciplined and have a lot of penalties when you play a team that matters. That's true. You do get lackadaisical and kind of sloppy. Because you're used to it. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess that's kind of my point with this is, like, I think Saban played it right. Like, regardless, I mean, look at Georgia. They took an L to South Carolina. And, I mean, it, it didn't mean anything, you know. They lost tonight, and they won't go to the playoffs, as predicted right. by anybody that has a brain. Yeah, and watches football. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, they never had a chance against LSU, but – well, yeah, when you have an Ohio State quarterback there, you know, that yeah. works. And and that's that's where I'm kind of going, dude. It's like I really like the take. Like I'm glad that Alabama went the way they did, but I, I hear that we're going to be playing Harbaugh. I hear that Bama's going to be playing Michigan in the Citrus Bowl. Oh Bowl. God, I hope so. <laughs> you dirty I would bastard! Love you. Saban just take out all his frustration on Harbaugh and then right after the game Harbaugh is going to get fired. But but you know that Alabama is going to have like typical Alabama bow game like it doesn't matter and we're just going to yeah, we're right. going to be pouty and lose to Utah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just to climax the season be like, "You know what? I'm good with that." Yeah. Uh, just a repeat of that week two game you guys had in Dallas against Michigan a couple years ago. Yeah. Uh, where it was over in like 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. God, that would be nice. This is where we're going to disagree. And um, okay. let me give you my definition of a Heisman. Okay. Is um, And this is why... I, I never thought that Tua or any player from Alabama would be a Heisman candidate candidate or should be. Okay. Is uh, I believe a Heisman candidate is a complete standout. That the team can almost not even get the job done without him. Okay, I totally agree with that. And just take Alabama, that they possibly had the greatest receiving core in the country this season. Yeah. Along with a stable horse of running backs. Right. And which they always have. Oh yeah, which is traditional. But the, that's that's their most important position on Alabama. Yeah, but I mean like with Tua and you saw it play out at like uh at the end of the year they started throwing stats up like uh when Tua took over 
I saw an offense that I had never seen. And uh, it, it was, um, you know, I was used to a, a field general. I was used to somebody that would make the throw they had to make that would give the ball off when they had to give it off. And would, right, game would, manager. The game manager, A.J. Yeah. McCarrion, Greg McElroy. Right. And oh, then yeah. and then here and then here comes like and granted Blake Sims really kind of he he flirted it and then we had someone, yeah he we, just wasn't as good he was that but he just wasn't as good yeah and then we had Jalen Hurts and then we kind of saw that's a, where yeah it started we to saw a glimpse of what the playbook could be and then two a tongue of a low come up and it was like you saw a transformation of what an offense could be. And it was completely built around a quarterback. Right. And I just, like, that to me was the most mind-blowing thing. Yeah, it was just watching them change overnight. Yeah. And we we completely, it was almost like in the off season, like, we just put so much, and, and I don't know, dude, I don't get paid by anybody to be any kind of analyst but it looked like we put so much emphasis on offense that we forget about discipline and that defense was important like certain he got destroyed so many times all throughout the season it was uncommon oh really like uh yeah i mean he got destroyed during the lsu game he got destroyed in auburn he got destroyed during a&m like all the big games like he he and that was the guy we were that we were about, you know. He was the defensive back, you know. Right, yeah, he was the, and the captain. And, guy. and Jennings was the captain, but Jennings was like the linebacker, and he done so well on the blitz and all that. But like Sertain, I saw someone who would be commanding the backfield would be the guy that would get the pick. Right. Okay. Yeah. And that you know, and that's like a, a theoretical Alabama team. You have somebody who mans the front seven and you have someone on the back who is like the playmaker. Yeah, ball hawk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that that makes sense. That's that's a terrifying thing when when as an outsider I don't know off the top of my head those people that you're talking about because you know Three or four years ago, I could have told you who Alabama's ball hawk is and who their big linemen and linebackers were and stuff. Yeah. And ain't that what's crazy? Yeah. I can tell you a whole lot about Ohio State's defense. Is that yeah, exactly. I'm not talking about superiority of the SEC anymore. I'm thinking it's it's going to be getting down all around the country now, and you're going to see it in the national championship. And we're going to see LSU uh, get run over by Chase Young in the Ohio State defense. I believe that. I think so, too. I think that Chase Young is just another animal. He is so incredible. He is the best thing that I've seen. And that, and like back to my definition of the Heisman is um, – Remember, he went out two weeks. He was supposed to be out four weeks for taking, like, a personal loan from a family member. Right. And I honestly thought that Ohio State was going to take an L because of that. Like, I thought he meant that much, and they almost did. It was it was a lot closer than I really was expecting. 
for sure. Um, I really, I, as I said earlier, like I, you know, that I didn't think that we were going to agree on the Heisman here. I truly believe that Justin Fields is the Heisman winner because he is exactly what you were talking about. He's the, he's the only reason we won those games without Chase Young. So we're just going across the ball. We're still talking about the same team. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, but, and that's my thing. That's what's crazy to me. And this is the first time they, in all my years of, and I don't know if it's just being more honest and like openly watching it, just more as a fan than a fan of Alabama. But um, like Ohio State has got something special this season. Like it's it's a complete team. Well, I'm sure not having to see Urban Meyer on the other side of the field is definitely helping that. It does indeed. Ryan but, yeah. Day is just something else. I I didn't expect anything from him. I kind of expected a <laughs> dude. Did you see? Season, did but, you see? Did you see who was going to Ole Miss? Oh, yeah, dude. I was actually going to ask you how you felt about that. (laughs) The Rebel Lane Kiffin, bro. (laughs) Dude, I think it's perfect, man. (laughs) I had a a guy I worked with. He's a huge state fan, and he sent that to me right when it happened. (laughs) And I was like, how how appropriate. Yeah, it's perfect. It's you, gonna be you know, great if he stays there for a couple years. It'll I have be it. fun to watch. Let me tell you something about that game, man. It uh, that's the piss and miss. I have a T-shirt, man. Like I'm not even a Mississippi State fan, but I bought that T-shirt. <laughs> it's the piss and miss, I, I, dude. That's I've I've got I've got a I've got a post a picture of it, but like where it says piss and miss, like the it's not A N D, it's just an N. Yeah. And the N is the guy hiking his leg up and pissing. <laughs> it. Dude, it is That's it is like awesome. it's like the most dope shirt, you know. <laughs> that's great. Yeah, and that's why I bought it. I was like, I'm not even a fan, but I Yeah, I, I that's dig, worth buying. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta own it, you know. It's oh, like yeah, it's like almost awesome. like um, even though it was against my own team, this would have been sacrilegious. But like when Auburn had those uh, got a second shirts, yeah, I thought that shit was funny. Yeah, caught and then they could warm again. Yeah, they really could, couldn't they? Yeah, did you, well, did you see the dean gave everyone one second on their final exam, an extra second. No. Like, <laughs> you asshole! <Yeah. laughs> like, come on, man, don't rub it in. It happened twice in like I don't know how many years. Just it, a couple, it was right? it was just three, man. It was just three years. Yeah, like it's still fresh on everyone's mind. Like I remember when we were. Um, this is what I hate about CBS is uh, when we were playing LSU. Yeah, I just counted references to like games in the past that would be detrimental to like talking about today's team of Alabama and I counted like six that was talking about the kick six game why why is that how is that even relevant the, the same two teams ain't even playing yeah Something, they just love bringing it up yeah it's 
you know, that's just because the rest of the world wants to see Alabama suffer, so... 90% of the country. I believe that, man. Cause, uh... Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's the same thing as, like, when when Dallas struggles, like the Cowboys. Oh, yeah, And they dude. all have to talk about it. It's like, look, man, I don't need to hear that they suck. I know they do. They're going to go 500. They go 500 every year. Yeah. It's not going to change. Yeah. And now they're talking about, like, uh, you know, latest things in the papers, like the coach's job is on the line. and Yeah, well, he's gone. Yeah. I mean, Terry always sides with the average quarterback, and that's what he's going to do here. He's going to side with Dak, average quarterback. You know what was crazy about this early season with the NFL? Was Dak asking for more money? <laughs> Betting on himself. He's still unsigned because they're talking about getting rid of him too, but I, I don't think that's going to happen. Jerry Jones likes his just above average quarterbacks or average quarterbacks. <laughs> Tony Romo, Dak Prescott, just below where you can win a Super Bowl. Yeah, man. So, Not going to. I cannot believe, like, just while we're off in the pros, like Mark Ingram with the Ravens, man. Like that is, <sighs> That's been unreal. Dude, I love Mark Ingram. Like, you know, I wasn't a, I, I was a fan, but didn't want to watch him, didn't want to see him do well when he was at Alabama. Yeah. And then in New Orleans, you know, I live down in Saints country, and I'm a Colts fan, so I wasn't, like, super pumped about that either. But he was still fun to watch. He was a great, great dude to watch, great running back. But, man, his personality in Baltimore is so much fun. Dude. I love how much he loves Lamar Jackson. Dude, like, that's what I was going to say. It's not even the fact that he's doing good. It's like his, it's his, uh... His pers- personality, his, he his just persona. has a different outlook now, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And I, I think that, like, Lamar Jackson might be, like, MVP type. And, like, hey, check this out. Let's flop over to MV- in MVP and NBA real quick. Let me okay. throw, Let me throw something in your Greg Freak. Or Luca. Which one? Is that what you're asking? Yeah, Greek Freak or Luca. What do you think, man? Like, in okay, it- man. I think that Greek Freak is the best player in the world right now. Oh, yeah. I think that he will be for a little while. I do too, man. But I think Luca is right there, and he is so much farther ahead than I ever anticipated in his second year. Plus... He doesn't have a lot of help yet. Chris Stops right. hasn't done any hasn't really done anything. I don't even know how much he's played this year, not too much. So his like second best player is uh, I don't even know. <laughs> like, but he's he's incredible and he's so young and it's it's awesome. Dude. It's just awesome. And, like, what I was telling you is, like, I'm not sure about the cat's name, and it's okay. Like, we don't have to be sure. You just, like, just confirm with, like, just a head nod or just by saying, yeah, because we're not in person. But the white mamba over on the L.A. Lakers, like, the L.A. Lakers have, like, a bench that is a lot more capable than what I thought. Yeah, they they do. I also think, and I don't know how much you've watched the Lakers, But, man, A.D., he does something for that team because he eats up the middle on defense. So 
So there's a lot of plays that are going to come through the lane that people don't run or they choose to pass off before because AD's there. So there's a lot of defensive stuff that he does that you can't see unless you're watching. Yeah. And he has been he's been really good, man. Like he's been awesome. He's been on both sides of the ball. He's he's definitely front runner in my opinion for defensive player of the year right now. I can't like, deny it. I can't de- and while we're on it, dude, like I was thinking like Patrick Beverly with the Clippers. Uh yeah, he's I don't know, man. I I hate to say this, but I'm kind of on Russell Westbrook's side with Patrick Beverly. I think he just kind of runs around and doesn't defend anybody. He just kind of is annoying. Oh. You know, he's, he's not a horrible defender. I'm not saying that, but I just... Everyone thinks he's like a shutdown defender, and I, I mean, he's easily the third best defender on that team if you even think he's a good defender to begin with, because you got Paul George and Kawhi. Like, those are two of the best shutdown defenders in the league right now, <laughs> period. Like I said, I hate agreeing with Russell Westbrook. hate it. <laughs> but I think he nailed it, man. I, I don't think Patrick Beverly's a good a, a great defender. I mean, I think he's a good defender. He, and when you need him to shut somebody down, like, who's running point or who has the ball at the time, he can get them to pass it so they're not going to take the shot. But last minute, I'm not choosing him on that team at all, definitely. And there's a lot of other people I would take way over him to defend in the last minute. So yeah, I'm kind of on the minority of that, I feel like. He's just kind of a gnat, dude. He's just kind of always around you and just bugging you, man, in your way and does unnecessary things. I mean, like when he hurt Russell Westbrook a couple of years ago for no reason. Like, Well, they've always had a grudge. You know that. Well, right? yeah, that's where it started because uh, Patrick Beverly was being annoying and he went after uh, to poke at the ball while he's trying to call a timeout. And then he, like, tore his meniscus or something and was out for the rest of the year. Like, I mean, anybody's going to hate that dude. Like... Yeah. If you ruin my ear because you thought you might get a touch on the ball while there's an unwritten rule that I'm calling a timeout as soon as I cross this line, like, come on, man. That's only something you do in a video game. Yeah. So, I... It is. Yeah. He's he's not a bad defender, but he's... I think he's overrated. To talk a little bit about my Raptors, dude. Um, I'm th- oh yeah, dude. I'm thinking, dude. Real talk, like you're getting an award. Real talk. Your Raptors are gonna get an award. Real, I guarantee it. Real, real talk, man. I think that even with Kawhi leaving, and I knew that was gonna mean a lot. It was gonna mean everything. Oh yeah. Which which was crazy. You know, like people asking me like during the off season, it was like Kawhi leaving. I was like, dude, he's been gone. <laughs> he was gone before he won the championship. Yeah, he was literally alone. Yeah. And but it, it's good to see like Van Fleet and like Siakam and we're seeing a lot of developing players and I really see like end of the season the Raptors probably being maybe a 3 or 4 seed in the finals. Oh, the- definitely. Absolutely. And and being and being competitive. Insanely good. 
uh, Pascal Siakam is he's the most improved player in the league right now, and he was really good last year. I, I thought like, I thought he should have he should have had that reward last season, and then he continues to improve this season. Right? Yeah, he was he was yeah he was he should have got the award last year, and and I think he gets it this year almost without a doubt. The only the only other person I could. I guess I could give it to, and I really don't like to do this because <laughs> one, one, he's only been in the league for two years, and two, he was a lottery pick. But Luca oh. would be the other person I'd give it to. How about like his? Said, how about his season? Like looking at like NBA trajectories for like records, like he's on a trajectory for beating like some of the greats. Like he's, oh yeah, he's he's, he's gonna destroy Westbrook's record easy. Yeah, and he's gonna be knocking on like greats of all time. Oh yeah, definitely. He's something else, man. And I remember when he was coming in. Like I remember reading all this stuff, and like I even watched some of his stuff when he was over in Europe just to kind of like see and like I was like yeah man he's good but like I remember Ricky Rubio was good too yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah. that was how I always looked at it I was like yeah I remember Ricky Rubio was supposed to be something else yeah but man Luca is something else so where are you right now are you still in Colorado no dude I'm in Chicago I moved up to Chicago in August. Yeah? Yeah. I'll be here for a year, and then I'm fucking leaving. I hate the airport here. It sucks. <laughs> <coughs> That's still fucking dope. I see some of the shit that Paul's doing. Like, it's, it's some pretty wild-ass shit. Yeah. I don't know if he's got, like, some kind of an inside scoop or whatever it is. but No, nah, dude, he's just out in fucking Phoenix, so got nice weather all the time and he's got really cool like landscapes and shit so he does all that yeah my stuff's just like food <laughs> i love chicago's food man there's so much good food here and then like i have weird days off so i can always find something to do in chicago which is kind of nice i imagine so man and that's something like i'm i'm trying to get to like with porch talk did you ever watch um, Anthony Bourdain's Parts Unknown on, like, Netflix? Mm, I don't think so, no. It's, it's still on there. Like, uh, he committed suicide maybe a year, maybe two years ago now. Oh. And then they did a thing on him, right? Because yeah. Because of how he, he was a musical artist, right? Well. He had an album. I think, yeah, I think he had an album, but like... And then and then he killed himself, like right after, right? I don't know if we're talking about the same okay. guy. I only know oh, him from not. Parts Unknown, but um, oh, okay. check that out. That is the direction I'm trying to go with Porch Talk. And, okay. And trying to amp like videography and do things like that. It's like he would go to, let's just say Nashville, or like where you're at, Chicago. Let's just take Chicago. Yeah. And uh, he would meet up with... He would rendezvous of whoever, you know, he was going to meet in that city. And, um, you know, they would light up or do whatever they were going to do. And then they would go out and have lunch. And then after they had lunch, they would go get, they would go catch a show. And then, okay. and then after that, they would experience like a, like a small 
sub pop culture of the city, like something known but unknown, like something that people wouldn't know. Right. And then he would pop back out, and they would have supper, like at another kind of a Chicago-only style restaurant. And that would be an episode. And it was on Netflix. It was like a it was like a documentary, man. That's awesome. Yeah, dude. Well, if you ever want to come out to Chicago, I could. Crash here, dude. Yeah, dude. We need to go. Uh, like we were talking, like you need to come. Just fly down to Memphis, and um, let's just go catch. Like uh, I don't know, man. Memphis, for I, whatever reason, is in the West, and we could catch like, maybe them playing the Mavericks. Yeah, I don't really care. I really just want to see the Grizzlies, man. I want to see John Morant. Okay. Like, I so I don't care who they play. I'll, I'll go to anybody. I want to see John Morant. I think he's awesome, dude. I think that would be dope. And Chicago ain't such a stretch, but Memphis is easy. Right, yeah. I, I, that's why I called it, or I texted you about it. Because yeah. I was like, you know, you could definitely make it to Memphis. I know you're not that far away. Mm-hmm. But yeah, if you just want to do like a couple days or whatever and just want to like drive up here or whatever, just right. let me know. I'll take the days off. and. All right, yeah. Yeah. Dope. So, and then if you come up to Chicago on like another weekend or whatever... We could do a hockey game. Have you ever been to a hockey game? I've been to one, Nate. I went to um, Birmingham where... Did you know that the University of Alabama has a hockey team? I mean, no. (laughs) Exactly. And we went and watched that... Get this. It was the Alabama Frozen Tide versus... Okay, I don't know what that is. It's the hockey team. It's not. How the do you have a frozen tide, though, man? That doesn't make any sense. It was a play on the Crimson Tide, man. <laughs> and uh, they were playing the Tennessee Volunteers, and like they destroyed them. But my thing with hockey. Well, yeah, when you play Volunteers that are playing hockey. Dude, get out of my get get out of the mine shaft, okay? <laughs> my whole point was, it's like hockey live was a lot of fun and i would love, oh yeah dude i'd love to experience hockey, it yeah hockey live is the only way to watch it like on tv it's it's only good if it's playoffs but oh dude live is so much fun to watch because it's just so crazy how fast they are yeah at one corner you may have somebody beating somebody's head in and the puck may be on the op- opposite side of the arena <laughs> Well, that doesn't happen in the NHL, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I was talking about with the college, but I mean. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, if you ever, like, there's like a D2 or D3 league or, uh, like, leagues. Yeah. So, like, like AAA in baseball and stuff, there's hockey ones. And those, so my dad went to one when he was living up in Toledo. And he was telling me that when he went, they had a game where after the first period was over, everybody dropped their gloves and started fighting <laughs> for the whole intermission. So they were on the ice, <laughs> and then they just started again. <laughs> right on cue. Like, this is why you go to, uh, to minor league hockey games, because yeah. they're literally just fighting like, all the time. <laughs> these dudes literally hate the shit out of each other. <laughs> But, like, when it's time to play, they're going to play, but just wait for intermission. <laughs> I'm going to beat the 
shit out of you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, so then the refs, like, they went into the halftime. Like, they just went into their locker room. So there was no refs out there or anything. Like, <laughs> it's so funny. Well, man, to go back, I guess, to uh, we've been all over the place. Uh, is there anything else to talk about with college football before we hop off that for good? I think we're good on college football. If I leave, how long would it take you to forget me? Tell me, would you hold on tight? Yeah, to every one of those bad, bad memories. Yeah, but I said goodbye. Wanna well, don't let the door hit you on your way. Oh, but in retrospect, I think there's about a hundred better things that I could have said. Like, baby, don't go. Yeah, but she left Well, she packed all the books and burned everything else Yeah, she said not a funny thing Yes, baby, you think you got it all You ain't even got yourself Should've said don't leave Oh, baby, don't
How's that grab you? That was my boy Hunter Myers. Um, he dropped that EP earlier this year. That was a song called Retrospect. You can find this music anywhere that you stream, Spotify, Apple, or however it is that you do what you do, Amazon. You can find it there. Check them out. Won't let you down in that regard. We are done with sports. So I guess it's about time that we talk about, oh, I don't know, Rick and Morty. Oh, Rick and Morty, okay. Yeah, I could do this. So we are in season four now. Praise, fantastic. praise the Lord. Yes. Dude, I've been Man. waiting for this, and like the first episode was so dope. Oh, yes, it was. So many deaths, so many ways to die. A lot of little uh, uh, Easter eggs, but you gotta look real hard. I saw Squanchy in one of the death scenes. I did too. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. It hurt, uh, man. Like, the the first time, like, uh, when Rick died, like, I, I knew it just for the purpose of the show and just, like, what I know of being a fan. Right. But, like, the, when, I, when I first saw Rick die, I was like, oh, sh- no. <laughs> yeah, the way he dies is insane, dude. Yeah. I was like, oh, <laughs> gosh. land on a spike. Yeah. And that's how you die? Like, oh, that would be Of crazy. all the ways, <laughs> man, not like that. <laughs> not for him, dude. Like, no. No way. <laughs> no, you, you, you deserve better. <laughs> like, give me a die hard. I need him to be shot like 50 times. Exactly. That was crazy. Blaze of glory. <laughs> On his own terms. Yeah. Yeah. And so, I mean, we continue to build the ego, man. And that is one thing that I have loved. And there's so many things that come out about Rick and Morty. Is, uh, oh, go, go, back, so go back to season one. And up to now is that even science agrees with what they've done. Yeah. Yeah, for the most part, they get a lot of, the, a lot of science stuff right. It, which is incredible with how many different writers have been on the show that they've kept that that well done yeah yeah but I I attribute mainly like to uh, Harmon and the main guy Roland who is Rick and Morty he's the creator yeah Yeah. and the voices yeah of Rick and Morty at the same time and that's why I love that one episode on uh, the season three where it was dedicated to him trying to get the award and he like played oh, with everybody. Yeah. As, and he got it as he deserved. Yeah. That was a fantastic episode where he had every single line in the whole episode. No show ever. Talk about a plot. No absolutes. And to absolutely knowing that Evil Morty is going to strike. And now we're kind of getting some kind of a Oh, this might be how he strikes. You know Yeah, this this season's gonna be crazy when he shows up, man. Like just thinking about how last season ended where he's controlling the Citadel. He's a dictator now. Yeah. And he's changed everything about it. Like he fired all those Rick teachers. Even the emblem of the Citadel changed. Yeah. To a giant M in front of the R. Yeah. It's just, he is, he is going to be 
a force to be reckoned with. Yeah, and man. it's it's crazy just to think of what he can do and uh, God, where did he come from? What is he, you know? Is he really a Morty? That's a whole other question, too. Like, Is he actually a Rick, or is he the yeah. original Morty? And that's what oh, yeah, I, is, dude, that, that's what I love about Rick and Morty is like we can have these Reddit metas or like posts or just streams of like ideas of what we think. I, I don't know how they do it is they leave it open enough for us to be able to have our own ideas. How, how, yeah. do, you, how do you write something that complete and then leave enough for the fans to be able to just draw their own conclusions. <laughs> we'll just pick things apart that probably shouldn't be picked apart at yeah, all. Yeah, like, we're all just reading way <laughs> too much into it. Yeah, you, I gotta think, like, there's probably days where they just sit in the writer's room and just laugh at internet stuff. Yeah. Like, oh my god, we never even thought about this background thing that you guys saw at all. It makes and a lot of a sense to us. on it now. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's dope, man. But yeah, like, it's just, Evil Morty has got, is such a compelling character because, one, you don't know where he came from. Is he our Rick's original Morty? Is he a Morty that has the consciousness of Rick, which, you know, could just be why he wa- he hates all Rick's because Rick's hate Rick's, and he decided to put his... Because we've seen Rick go from bodies yeah. and conscious switching and stuff Yeah. So on multiple occasions. So what if he goes to a Morty body where he's not going to be tracked by the government because of the brainwaves, because no one cares about a Morty, you know? Which has been explained. And then he's just under... Underneath everything, he now he controls the mm. Citadel. Like, and to be honest, how many people really know that that aren't a part of the Citadel? Nobody. Nobody, Nobody knows that a Morty's running the Rick, the Council of Ricks right now. That would, Our Rick sure doesn't know it yet. That would be the dopest thing. You know what I mean? And, oh yeah. And dude. even if our Rick knew, like, like everything that he has said about a Morty. And if he knew that something like that could be pulled off, I feel like that's the most perfect thing. Right. Okay, so here's here's another crazy-ass theory that we could go through here, just real quick. So let's just say all that's true, and our Rick knows it. But he knows it because he's from the future. Yeah. I know they say they don't do time travel. I understand that. But what if time travel happened before? And that's why the government is after Rick, is because he's meddling with time. And he's only back to save the universe from evil Morty, who is another Rick that's more crazy than him. Because there's another guy, right? Because in that scroll thing, there was more people behind our Rick saying they're evil or more crazy or whatever they said. Yeah, sure. like that's a kind of a crazy theory, but that would be really cool, you know. It is. I don't think it matters how they do it. Man. No, no, it doesn't. It's gonna be awesome, but it's just so much fun to just it, create 
your own theory and just kind of see what happens. That's the whole thing about it is with the whole Rick and Morty community. I remember with you introducing me to it is like you have to watch this and then we can talk. Is <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like oh yeah. Then yeah, because you, you then we everyone, can no decide. one wants to spoil it for you because it's just so great. But you got to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. that's the thing. That's what makes the show great is that you talk about it and you yeah. you connect with people because of talking about how how open their universe is and how much they can do and you just create your own story. It really and you tell is. people and then they tell you and it's that's what makes the show great. It is. I mean it does great writing and all that stuff, but the community that they create through theories of all their fans and just how much you can do. I've heard so many theories. And so many. I couldn't tell you any of them. Dude. But <laughs> yeah. listening yeah. to them, they were so much fun. Yeah. Think about like if me and you were to develop some kind of a show right now and that like immediately it would gain the popularity and the fame that it would have like stories streaming off of stories that weren't even related. It would just be fans who were just yeah. so attached to it. You know how you know how hard that would be to write your story though? That's that would be insanely difficult to block out all that stuff. Dude. Like it's insane if they've never like took in things from people and like used it in their stories or whatever. Which they might not have because they've used so many different writers, but, like, I don't know. That would be so hard because there'd be so many things that'd be like, oh, dude, that would be kind of cool if we did that. That'd be a good story. Yeah. And then, and then you could just, like, mess up your whole thing because you went one episode this way or whatever. Yeah. But, yeah, that would be, that'd be insane. That'd be cool. <laughs> but it'd be hard. Well, brother, um, let's go ahead and walk this thing on out the door. All right. Nate, dude, thank you so much. Coming in from Chicago. And, All right, um, man. I will give you my most sincere go Buckeye. All right, go Buckeyes. You son of a bitch, I'm in. <laughs> Road totally tied to that. But, uh, <laughs> But dude, we're, we're out of here. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of Porch Talk. I would ask if you haven't done so already that you would rate and review, subscribe, comment, share, talk about the show. Thanks again for uh, those of you that do. Uh, to walk this thing out the door, I'm going to play you some Modern Convenience. Uh, shout out to my buddy Mike Bibbs. All right, we're going to get on out the door with uh, Modern Convenience. Peace out, guys.
BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.